grandpa set a foundation, dad built on the foundation, you're continuing to build on that foundation. What what are some of the difficulties that happen there? Listen, the reality is there's definitely some businesses out there where kids go work in the family business. They got the white glove their entire life and they're sitting behind a desk all day getting stuff done. However, the reality of a lot of family businesses is that the son or the daughter coming up into the business has a, a beautiful vision for the company of where it needs to go for the next 20, 30, 40 years. So some of the things that I had to learn is what is hard work? Because not only do I see my boss every single day, but it's also my father. So now it's like my dad knows if I'm not working hard enough and these different things. So it's 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 almost if I was raised in this way and in, because of the mentality I was raised in, my standards were actually higher than working for a boss because I think it's every child's dream to make their parents happy. Absolutely. You don't want to upset dad. Upsetting yeah. a boss is one thing. Upsetting dad is totally different. Welcome to the Land Life Podcast with your host, PJ Riley. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Land Life Podcast. My name is PJ Riley. Guys, if you're getting value from this podcast, make sure you like, subscribe, leave five stars, do me a solid on iTunes and Spotify. If you're listening to this, pause it right now. Go down there, write maybe a quick one-liner. Hey, podcast guest today was awesome. Patrick provided me with so much cool information. Something like that. Nothing crazy. Just write a little, uh, a little quick, uh, little quick line there, and it helps out a ton. And guys, like I always say, at the end of the podcast, if what Patrick says resonates with you, if you're like, dude, I need to contact this guy, I need to follow up this conversation. Um, he's going to leave you ways to get hold of him at the very end. So make sure you stick around to the end. Um, yeah. Oh, one thing I want to I want to add in here too. I always like to thank somebody or like give a shout out to people as we start out the podcast. Uh, both Patrick and I know a guy named Ron Nussbaum. He runs a company called Nutnest. If you do have a, uh, if you're a contractor or have any sort of construction business, you just need help kind of putting everything together. Um, contact him. He's got a really cool business that can help you out. Um, yeah. So Patrick, how's it going, man? It's going great, man. It's a beautiful Wednesday. Actually, it's a little bit cloudy out, but it's Where still an amazing day. I'm out of uh, New York. So we're just Westchester County, which is just north of New York City. Uh, it's a great place. Yeah. Nice, nice. New York. Yeah. What uh because we have we have snow and ice right now here in Denver. What do you guys got? Dude, New York's been a weird winter, man. We've had like two snowstorms, and I don't even want to call them storms. It snowed. Really? It we probably got like four inches this year, maybe. Wow. Um, we're for the audience, we're approaching the end of February right now, and it's 42 degrees out, and it's been raining for the last week. Like really like abnormal for where we're at in New York. And yeah. uh, last week it was there was three days of like sixty degrees. So no kidding, anomaly winter in right the now. winter in New York. Yeah, I you know it's so weird. Like I have to tell clients like, oh yeah, like when the ground defrosts in the spring, and then I'm like, wait, the ground's not even frozen, and it's <laughs> January and February. Yeah, it's oh no, don't tell the uh, the the conspiracy guys that'll be global warming or cooling oh, or whatever it, is, it happens to be this year. Yeah. All right, Patrick. So you run Monumentous Building. Uh, you're a general contracting company. Uh, you're a third generation contractor. Um, kind of let us know who you are, uh, kind of what got you to the point we're at right now. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm a I'm a younger guy. Some of the audience can see on video. I'm 27. Damn kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a kid, right? For a lot <laughs> of you guys. Uh, third generation. Um, you know, my grand my grandfather does construction. 
I, on my dad's side, that whole side was really construction. My mom's side, uh, my grandfather was a truck driver for years. He's out in the he's in his late sixties remodeling his kitchen by himself right now, <laughs> and and my dad actually owns a general construction company that's still going on today. So you know, in my veins. I always like to say this because it's true. Like I was in the excavator on my dad's lap when I was a baby, you know, like we were, it, this was it. I was Tonka trucks and everything. So, you know, that was my upbringing. Sixth grade started sweeping floors, going through the business, doing the labor side of it. Um, you know, blessed on my end, what a lot of people don't realize is that contractors and builders can be very successful. Um, they just don't, act like it. So my father was actually able to pay for my entire college. You know, that came with like, you better get good grades. So um, I know some of the audience knows we're on Arte together. So yeah, what does good yeah. grades no mean to us is that I was getting 4.0s, right? Nice. Got my engineering degree, realized that I wanted to get back into construction, worked in Manhattan doing commercial constructions on fun projects like Apple and Fifth Ave and Simon okay. Schuster. Yeah, so some some really crazy projects with a million dollar elevator and a million dollar staircase, and so we learned. I learned a whole bunch there. Uh, pandemic happened. Decided that the city wasn't really where I wanted to be, and that was kind of the jump start to say, "Hey, listen, let's get out now." I don't want to be here. Went to work with my father for a couple of years. Um, the pandemic was an interesting time. My father decided to take a little bit of time off, rightfully so. He's been working his entire life. I took over a lot of the um, higher level ownership management of the company and learned a whole bunch, got my teeth kicked in a whole bunch, made a whole bunch of mistakes. But um, eventually over after a couple of years, my father really wanted to get back into the business um, and go back into what, you know, his company that he owned. We started knocking heads a little bit, father, son, family business. I always like to say we probably argued a lot because we're the same person with at different stages in our life right yeah so to salvage our father-son relationship which we absolutely did i said hey i stepped away and i opened my own company where i'm at right now momentous building uh kind of to be be the icon and be the shining light for the construction industry hopefully help some homeowners out I'm here to help contractors out too to to elevate the industry because I believe a rising tide raises all ships. So if we can get better, listen, I think that's better for everybody, and uh, that that brings us into right now we're uh, we're rocking and rolling two years in the business and uh, got excited for 2023. That's awesome. Um, so we talked about this a little bit before, but I want to ask you. Um, so third generation now, uh, a lot of people would hear that and think, oh, it's. It's got to be real easy. He probably shows mm -hmm. up, you know, has people serve him breakfast and dinner and, and he doesn't do any of the real work, but there, yeah. that's not really how it works. Right. Um, you know, grandpa set a foundation, dad built on the foundation. You're continuing to build on that foundation. Yeah. Right? Now, what about though? What about the difficulties? There had to be some sort of difficulty. This, this was not like silver spoon type deal. What, what are some of the difficulties that happen there? Listen, the reality is there's definitely some businesses out there where kids go work in the family business. They got the white glove their entire life and they're sitting behind a desk all day and getting stuff done, right? They have the job with no growth and they kind of just keep things status quo. Yeah. However, the reality of a lot of family businesses is that the son or the daughter coming up into the business 
is has a, a beautiful vision for the company of where it needs to go for the next 20, 30, 40 years. And that also requires taking a step away from the previous generation's vision of the business, right? There's tons of guys in RTA that can that can attest to this, where now they're growing the company far beyond where their parents had it. And what that means is that like, hey, listen, I was I was raised blue collar. I didn't go out, you know, my friends growing up in middle school and high school, they had jobs, right? Jobs. They they were camp counselors. <laughs> I was I was on the job site sweeping floors in sixth grade, right? Yes. I was expected to be carrying cinder blocks. I was expected to put in work. Like I was expected to be there at 7 30, 8 o'clock, right? Now I was very young. My I have a great father. He would bring me lunch. Like this isn't an abusive relationship, but like I don't want people to think that I had an amazing upbringing, but the work was expected. Yeah. And that's the most important thing. And, and that's continued on through the years. And so what I've had to go through is, uh, an almost like, um, you know, I've had advantages, right? I was set up with a lot. I was able to step into positions that probably would have taken an extra two or three years. So there is blessings in it. Right. Yeah. But that doesn't mean I wasn't working 50, 60 hours or am not working that now. So some of the things that I had to learn is, you know, what is hard work? Because not only is my boss, do I see my boss every single day, but it's also my father, right? So now we have yeah. standards, right? Yeah. So now it's like my dad knows if I'm not working hard enough, right? And these different That's things. Cool. So it's 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 almost if I was raised in this way and in, because of the mentality I was raised in, my standards were actually higher than working for a boss. Because I think it's every child's dream to make their parents happy. Absolutely, that's what I was just about to say. Absolutely, you don't want to upset dad. Upsetting yeah. a boss is one thing. Upsetting dad is totally different. Oh yeah, man. I mean, you're gonna see him on every single holiday and this and that. And like, if you're if you're known as the kid that shows up late to work every single day, like, <laughs> like that's just not gonna be a good conversation. Yeah, absolutely. So, what what are some of the things you see as, as so? We have three generations of, of of contractors, right? Yeah. Obviously, the way business is done changes, right? Mm -hmm. It changes probably significantly. What are some of the things when you took over that business? Were you like, um, were some of the things outdated that they were doing previously? Um, yeah. And, and kind of what do you see as the previous generation versus today's generation in your industry? So the construction industry, right, is is the oldest trade in the entire universe, right? I mean. Jesus with the carpenter, like it, it, it's, it's there. Right. So the, the problem with that though, is the introduction of technology, right? So all of a sudden our, the, the contractor's job went from, you know, being on the job site and just building. Right. And if you're a manager, you're managing, but you're still building, you're on the job site and it's labor and it's just literally the construction aspect to it. Right. And then we, and then we brought in this whole nother dynamic of, cell phones, emails, technology, and each year it gets, it, it, it can get a lot more complicated, right? If you don't stay on top of it. So in the last 20 years, right? 25 years, we've introduced a cell phone. Okay. Now you have to make phone calls. Now you're texting homeowners and clients. Now you're emailing homeowners and clients. Now you're having electronic spreadsheets, doing these budgets and PDF formats. And you now where my job is, right? I have to be the expert builder to know how to 
frame waterproof building codes, proper way to set screws, all these different things, the signs behind building, you know, making sure the right vapor barriers there and the, the building sciences. But then I also have to be an expert in technology, right? Like yeah. I joke about it. Like I'm a videography company that does construction because like, like I have to know how to do those different things. So we added this a whole nother portion on the construction industry to service the client. It's all about better service to the client. So over the generations to answer your question, you know, from my grandfather in construction, it, it didn't really change that much to when my father started construction, right? Because there was really this no leap in, in electronic technology. Absolutely. But when I stepped into the business, right, a lot of times, especially in construction, because it is so blue collar and you and is it it's expected from the clients, to be quite honest, that there wasn't a need, there wasn't a development of technology in the company. So emails were far and few between. Updates were far and few between. It's like, hey, listen, I just want to shake your hand for this contract. Like, I don't even want to sign anything, right? But, you know, the, a great saying is that we're not competing against other people in our business. We're competing against the last great experience our client had. Yes. So, yeah, like our clients are used to Amazon. They're used to working with Apple. And whether they think you know can see it or not they expect the same thing from their contractor absolutely okay so how do you differentiate yourself then from the next guy so you're there's so much new technology right yeah so i mean i can if i want to if i want a bathroom fix i'm going to pop on google right you know bathroom repair near me yeah. boom there's three guys how do you differentiate yourself from those guys are you hitting social media are you guys like doing tiktok dances on top of buildings or like, uh, how, how are you guys different from the other guy? Yeah, yeah. So I so from the outset, right from the outset, working on before you even start working with us, we put out tons of content. So that way you guys know who exactly we are, right? What we stand for, our values, and what type of product and service we're going to provide, right? Because just like in real estate, right, there's C-class properties and there's A-class properties, right? And not that one's worse than the other, but it's all about what's in your budget and you can afford and knowing that helps you make the right decision on which contract to go with, right? Yeah. So social media, I think for anyone looking to hire a contractor and to validate what they can do and their mindset of where they're going in the future is a great thing because if your contractor, they might be amazing, right? And I'm not taking away from any contractors that don't have social media. I'm just saying a quick hack is that how, how much do they post on social media? How does, how, what is their like look on social media? Can you tell who they are from social media? Yeah. Because that's going to show that, Hey, listen, they're in it for the long game. They love what they do. They're happy to post about it. And these different things that away from the guy that, Hey, listen, like I'm just here. I just want to show up. I just want to get work done and blah, 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 blah. Because before this, we were talking about the biggest problem in construction is that the it's really easy to start a business you go take 200 and you go to home depot and buy some tools yeah so it's going from the carpenter to business owner that aspect and you can decipher that very fast on social media yeah absolutely and if i were to go onto social media and see like the guy that like for example is doing my bathroom has all these videos and he's doing all these things i'd be like dude that guy lives in my neighborhood i'm gonna call that guy first right yeah. that'd be the first guy i call 
not only do I, I can I see stuff that he's doing? I, I can ga- gauge his personality. I mm-hmm. gauge to what type of person he is. Um, I see a portfolio of, of his work, right? I can see it all online. Um, and if this guy screws up, he's got a, a big, long way to fall because mm-hmm. he is all the way up on this pedestal of all these videos, all these things he does. If he screws up and like ghosts me and doesn't show up for the jobs, something like this, that guy's got a long way to fall. So I don't think he's going to mess up. Right. I, I think I'm more trustworthy of I, I, I have more trust in this guy because of all the things he's put out there. Um, so you're saying let's talk about some of the things, though, inside of the business that are different yeah. and kind of like the business side of things. I mean, I technically could go, buy, like you said, go to Home Depot right now, buy a new tool set, get me a big hammer and call myself a, a builder, a contractor. Right. Yeah. I could say I fix bathrooms that I fix. I, don't know, I fix all kinds of crap, but I, I haven't me showing up to, to to do the job is just a job. It's not a business. How do you guys, how are you building a business around this? Um, I mean, being a contractor. Yeah. So how we built a business around it, right. Is that I, first off, if your contractor isn't providing the utmost quality and experience, that's the quality is not even conversation. Every single thing they should be building should be highest quality that they perform. Right. So with that being aside, because that's easy, right? Yeah. Really easy to go on YouTube and make something look pretty, to be honest. Two years, YouTube, you're good to go. Wow. The The most important thing, especially with technology these days, is the customer experience of the construction project from the very time, they, that first meeting to the very end, and then quite frankly, the perpetual relationship after. And that experience involves correct communication, correct organization and building a relationship during the actual project. Right. So communication, do you know what's going on every single day? Um, You know, are your bills organized? Are there, are there emails or whatever communication platform conveying the right information? So you know, what's going on on your half a million dollar or $25,000 bathroom, right? That experience of how you feel is the most important thing because when your bathroom is done and it looks pretty, which 90% of the time or 99% of the time, it always comes out great. It always looks great. Yeah. Right. But what's your first memory is the first memory is like, God, like the contractor put a lien in my property. Um, He took three months extra to finish because he forgot to order the, the fixtures and, and, and this and that. And there's that day where like, my dog got a nail in his foot because he never swept up the floor. And yeah. like, that's, that's stains your product. Like that stains your brand new project. Right. It's like, instead Absolutely. of thinking about like cooking your first meal with your kids, you're like, I'm cooking my first meal with my kids and like having to look at my dog with like the scar on his foot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it, it stains it from there, there on. Yeah. Okay. So I'll give you an example. We kind of talked about this a little bit. Um, same thing happened to me. So I, I get a, I get a, I call a contractor. I, I Google search a guy, right? Find a company. They seem to be, they seem to be fairly reputable. They come to do bath, uh, do a bathroom for me, right? They, they redo the whole bathroom on the surface. It looks really nice. Like you said, it looks great. Two weeks go by. Kids are taking baths. Wife's taking a bath in this nice new bathtub. You know, it's bigger than the last one. So it's kind of cool. They really like it. And I noticed downstairs, we don't go to this bathroom downstairs in my house. It's just very rarely used. I look up and it looks like the wall is melting. The the whole wall looks like it's melting. So I look up 
I touch it and it falls through. So I look up and there is water that has been accumulating since they put that bathtub in. What happened was they forgot you have the uh, the overflow drain on a bathtub. They didn't put any sort of cap or any sort of uh, anything on the back of it. It was just wide open. So all the water in that bathtub is pouring out into my walls. So I go in there and I open up these walls. I cut them open myself and I look up and there's water damage everywhere. Uh, it's just a mess. It's horrible. Now, here's where the company could have done a great job, right? They could have said, hey, we'll have somebody out there right now, tomorrow. We'll get somebody out there right away. Don't worry about it. So I'm sending them videos of water pouring into my walls. And uh, they don't, they didn't do that. It took them two months, two months to fix the walls, to, to put something on the back of the bathtub, which I, I thought should have been day one, you know, fix the bathtub first. But um, so in, in that example, how would you have handled that situation? How, how, would, how would you guys have handled that had something like that happen? You know, I, I would have been there you know, like within like a couple hours, right? You could have sent me that video at seven o'clock at night. I would have been there at eight, right? Yeah. And we would have been, I, I personally, as the business owner, would have been there fixing it, regardless yeah. if my trades couldn't be there. Like, I, because that's just what needs to happen, right? Like, you, yeah. you have a family, you're, you're living there. I mean, there's so many different conditions that can crop up. Like, as soon as you get water into your home, right? Mold can occur in 24 to 48 hours. Oh, yeah. There was mold. Yeah. So it, it happens really, really fast. We need to yeah. attack that problem really fast. We need to get it dried. We need to assess the situation. And listen, we're, you know, we as these projects get bigger and bigger and bigger, there's more and more steps to this. There's more involved. There's a lot of people working on it. Mistakes can happen. And guess what? They do happen, right? Like maybe that was an, uh, an apprentice that, that was supposed to be doing the plumbing for the tub, right? Like yeah, people make mistakes. But it's how you choose to fix them, right? Yeah, now, absolutely. as a homeowner, as a homeowner, you're 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 never really going to be happy in that situation. But as a business owner, the least we can do is make it our number one priority to at least get it fixed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that that was the biggest problem I had was that once it was broken, they all seemed really nice when I was paying the money and yeah, and things were going well. But man, the second things went south, they didn't want anything to do with me. Uh, they, they, they missed, it took them two months to fix, uh, a pipe, sorry, sorry, to, to put the back on the toilet and to fix the drywall two months. So what, what does that mean? They no showed 90% of the time. So my wife and I are waiting. One of us is waiting here in the house for someone to show up and they don't show. So you've called in, you've told whatever your, your plans are for that day. You've told them you can't go, you know, if you had to go to work or if you had to your meetings or, or calls to make can't do any of that stuff. We're waiting for this guy to come fix our drywall. They don't show. Week later, they don't show. You know, two weeks later, they don't show. So you still got this hole in your bathroom. Right? We have yeah. this great big hole. I mean, and and water damage everywhere and mold everywhere. It was just a mess. Anyway, customer service. It's a it's a big deal. So let's say, how about this? I'm let's say I, I'm going to look for a new project. Right? Yeah. I want to look for a contractor. What are some steps I can take? to go find a contractor? Like, what, what do I do? So, um, you know, going through your network, right? Your friends and your family who've, who've done work before and getting a reference from somebody you know is a great start, right? Because hopefully they have someone to recommend. So that's yeah. the first step, right? So maybe you get two or three people from there and we can go down the vetting process. Another place to look is online. 
doing some research, maybe it's a Google search, right? Yeah. That's another good place. If it's a larger project and you're working with an architect or a designer, you can ask them, hey, listen, who have you worked for in the past that, you know, gets the job done? Who does a good job? What can you tell me about these people, right? Getting some feelers out there. So now you got a few different contractors. I mean, social media is a great place, right? Yeah. But the only other thing is that, you know, very rarely are homeowners following contractors, right? And if you are, that's great. I think social media in this case would be a great, like, um, verification. You know, it's the blue check mark. Is this person real? And then, so say you find a couple contractors, and then it's all about what they do next. Are they going to show up on time? Are they going to communicate swift and clear? Are they going to, you know, make good on their deliveries? So like if they said they're going to have the proposal to you next Thursday by the end of the day, does that proposal come through? Right. Yeah. Did they give you heads up that it's not coming through? Like how is how is this communication going on before we even get into the agreement? And then I think also another great, you know, thing is if you're having on-site meetings and you're having these phone calls, get to know who they are as a person. Yeah. Like try to gauge are they ethical? You know, you can ask any questions, right? Like with the way I deal with in my company, relationships are a core value. Like we, our relationships are more important than the actual job itself. Like we yes. value the relationship. Like we got to be friends by the end of this job. That's my goal. Yeah, no, so, I, I absolutely agree. That's uh, yeah. relationships are huge. Um, uh, so what was that, was that five steps? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess to, to really, you know, finding your initial contractors, which would be references. So your immediate network, um, and then maybe references from designers, architects, right? Mm -hmm. And then the third one, maybe a Google search online. Exactly. I think those between those, you're going to find some good, good things. You might even see, you know, some contractors advertising in magazines, right? So these different things. I don't think there's one immediate way to find the best way to find a contractor. Yeah. What there are, though, is a, a great amount of ways to vet the contractor to make sure that when you sign the contract, you know who you're getting in bed with. Absolutely. we're going down a, a long journey here yeah so you find your contractors through some different referral um basis right and then you start to see how they respond and are they operating with integrity to deliver what you expect right like are there are there proposals sent in an email and not even a pdf document or are they handwritten right or are they sending you a proposal like I'm not trying to brag, like, but like the difference to that, right? Like you get someone sending it just an email. We do a video proposal that's 10 minutes long, wow. explain, explaining everything, the finishes, breaking down our 10 page proposal to understand. So you guys know exactly what you're getting, right? No kidding. Yeah. So that's, so right from the beginning, right? That's how you distinguish someone's like, okay, what are they bringing to the table before they even ask for money? That's a separator right there. That's yeah. a huge separate. I've never in all of, I mean, I don't know, maybe it exists out there and I just haven't met the, I've only had uh, the, the wrong guys, but no one's ever sent me a video explaining how things are going to work ever. Yeah. So that's, that's a huge separator. Yeah. So we, we try, right. We try to live up to what we, we, you know, we think would be the next best thing. Right. Yeah. And then, and then, so from there, right, you're gauging their integrity and the quality of work they provide you before they even, you know, sign a contract. And then there should be the the last step. I, I firmly believe like, you know, having a good conversation with your contractor that you're thinking about having, it, it could be about their personal life. It could be about your life and just getting, it could be a 30 minute chat. Yeah. But like, do you vibe with this person? Like, 
because you're going to be working for the, with this person, depending on the project, like two, two weeks, a month, three months, it might even be a year where you guys are communicating for a year. And the last thing you want to do is get in bed with somebody you don't even like. Yeah, I've heard that's a problem. <laughs> All right, man. I, you need to get an office in Denver then. So that's your next step is to, to, yeah. to get an office, put it in Denver. That way you can travel a little bit, see the mountains and and, and stuff like that. And you can help us Perfect. out. So because we have we have a shortage of of guys of your quality out here. We're trying, man. I I, I want to um I want to be a national company, right? I mean, my goal would be a portion of my company where, you know, I kind of fly around and do custom homes where we build the most beautiful homes on the most beautiful properties throughout the country that are one off. Right. Yeah. I mean, that'd be an amazing experience that, you know, the homeowner wants, Hey, listen, I got this special project. It's not like anything else. That's what we enjoy doing that custom work. The one that everyone's, you know, scratching their head about we're the problem solvers. We want to get in there and do that. So, you know, that'd be great one day. How does that, how, how would you do that though? Let's, let's expand on that just a little bit before we, uh, yeah, keep going. Um, how, how would you, how would you do something like that? Like, I mean, you're a member of our taste, you know, a bunch yeah. of dudes with a shit ton of money. So, um, yeah. they're all building houses, right. Yeah. And, and doing things like that. But how would you, I mean, I guess you would, in social media, you would have to do a few and then yeah. kind of market those, but how, how are you going to do it? Yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, getting those jobs would definitely be the staircase up, right? It's like, okay, we did this, we did this, we did this. It's yeah. just like, you know, um, you know, where we're starting with the company. We started with some renovations, then we went for bathrooms, then we're doing some bigger kitchens, now we're doing additions, and then we're going to do custom homes, right? And building a referral and, and network, right? And then the mechanics from the business side would be really, really exciting. And it'll be very similar to the advice that I just gave to the audience about finding their contractor because the way we work, we're, we're uh, more, you know, we're a general contractor, but we operate like a construction manager where we manage the construction project to make sure the owner is getting the best possible experience and quality, right? So like I'm punch listing my own guys to make them make, make sure they're delivering the right quality, right? But that's our job to make sure everyone's doing it right. So I would have to find subs, find these different companies and vet them through the different procedures, referrals, maybe it's a network of people, maybe it's people in Arte that are contractors, right? Like I know, I know a killer epoxy flooring company in New York City, shout out to the Ambrosi brothers, right? They kill it. And so where we would do that is that now I can, I, I can say the homeowner comes to me, hey, listen, Colorado Springs, I got this great place I want to build. It's up on a mountaintop recessed. And now I'm doing research. Now I'm betting. Now I'm getting bids in from subs. Now I'm, I'm meeting with subs. Like I'm flying out there. I'm grabbing lunch with the subs and the owners. And I'm like, hey, listen, what do you guys like? Because before I sign the 60 grand contract for concrete over to you, we're going to at least have a dinner together. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the same. It's the same type of thing, all stemming from relationships and the character of the people that we're going to be working with. That's awesome, man. So if you are listening to this and you want to build a super nice, super fancy um, home uh, and, and a one-off, like he's not going to be built. We're not talking about, you know, the cookie cutter subdivision homes. We're talking about a one-off, very nice home, uh, you know, contract Patrick. And how can people contact you? Yeah. So we're on social media. Um, my personal Instagram is uh, Mr. Project Patrick. We're on YouTube at Momentous Building. 
we're we're growing our social media, we're dying on our systems and trying to really give that great product to make sure that our clients and our audience really get to know who we are, right? Yeah. And that's awesome. So those are our two main pro- platforms. We're on Instagram. Um, I'm on LinkedIn too at Patrick Robertson, be found there. Uh, and that those are our real sources where we try to share our message. Sweet. Sweet. All right, Patrick. Thank you so much, man. Are we missing anything? Is there anything else we're missing that we need to follow up with? No, no. I, I think that if there are any, um, you know, contractors or anyone like this in the industry, right? The one thing I want to talk about is that you, we all really need to get better at business, right? Mm-hmm. I'm the biggest thing that I focus on my, is my business development and not actually like, yeah, I know the sciences of construction and everything, but that's why I'm an Arte to be better business yeah. owners so we can show up better for our clients. And I feel like that's the real um, catapult that will help your business really expand into the future and achieve all of your goals and visions that you might have for where you want to go. Absolutely. And guys, I don't think a lot of, especially in, I would, I would say in the contractor world, they don't understand how to build a business. And, and here's one of the biggest reasons you want to build a business so you can sell it. If you don't build a business with all the components of a business, all you're doing is, is, is you have a job right? So if you go in and you do all the work, let's say you're doing stairs, you do all the stair work, you do a great job. At the end of the the, the job, they hand you a paper check, you take it and you put it in the bank and you do it again next week and you do it again next week. And then let's say you're 60 years old. You're like, you know what? I want to sell this. You got nothing to sell, dude. You're the business. That's it. So unless you build systems and some sort of business around you where you don't even have to show up and you can still make money, you know, you don't have a business. If you do that, though, you do, and it is sellable. You can sell that at the end. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that helps too. Amazing advice. Um, all right, here. I got the big question at the end, Patrick. Are you ready for this? Yeah. This is the biggest question I ask. We're land life. I buy and sell land. Yeah. That's what I do. Buy and sell dirt and trees. That's about it. Um, if you, Patrick, could buy land anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? The land I'd probably buy, right, is a couple hundred acres, which this is like the unicorn property, somewhere in like Southern California, where I would be able to have like a a self-sustaining independent property, right? And I can do anything I want in terms of fun. I could race my cars, I can race my go-kart, you know, like ATVs, shoot some guns. But the cool thing about being in SoCal is that like I go to the beach in an hour and a half if I want to. I go to skiing on the mountains, right? It's like 65 in the winter or like 55 in the winter. You know, yeah. the weather's perfect. So, you know, with that, I, I that would be a selfish thing. That's not even a good investment. But like <laughs> for my personal happiness, I'd yes. love that. Yeah, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for personal happiness on that one. So, yeah, Southern California, I mean, even on the eastern side, you know, in about an hour from the water, man, yeah. you could get that. You could yeah, probably get Carolinas, that now. Carolinas yeah. would be golden right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't be that bad at all. You, I bet you could you could do that right now because they have a ton of property available. Um, let's say east of LA, mm-hmm. uh, way east of LA. Yeah, um, you know, in an hour you're at the water and you're hanging out. Yeah, man. That's right good. on, Patrick. Thank you so much, man. All right, I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, guys. Till next time, I'll see you on Land Life.